2: Sarah just added kettlebell classes to her 300 gems. The thing is, those gems don't have kettlebells just yet. But Sarah isn't sweating it. Her equipment supplier has Salesforce Customer 360, the number one CRM, so they can unite around customers like her. Marketing already knows the model she wants, so commerce and IT serve it right to her in a mobile app. Wow, one-click checkout. See how uniting your teams can help you wow customers at salesforce.com customer 360.
0: Jeez.
3: Welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. It is Sunday, 7-10-2022. we got a great show for everybody tonight. Cody Souza from Hatred is our guest. We'll get to the news, a lot of music right there. Venom, the real Venom, the classic Venom with In League With Satan. Uh, you know, I've I spoke about this a million times before. You know, I love Venom Inc. I wish they would have stood as Empire of Evil. Uh, you know, I, I'm tired of these bands playing off the of names of bands they were once in. Grant Mantis was a founding member of... Uh, Venom, and Tony Dolan joined the band later on after Kronos parted ways with the band. Uh, But, you know, I'm just tired of it. Now we have, you know, uh, I think it's Left to Death. Uh, You have uh, Rick Ross and Terry Butler out there doing, you know, the whole death thing now, you know, playing off the logo and everything else. And I I just don't get it. I mean, I don't know. It's probably just me. I mean, you know, you you see videos of these shows, and the places are really, you know, there's good sized crowds, and people going crazy. I don't know if it's just because... There's that many diehard Death fans or Venom fans or fans of these bands that they don't care who's playing up there, who's doing it. They just want to see it. Or these are people that weren't alive and old enough in the 80s to go to shows when the original versions of these bands were playing. I really have no idea. I, I I couldn't tell you to be honest, but I just don't get it. You know, especially with that band. You know, all right. Granted, Rick Ross was an original member of Death. You know, but he was only with the band for about a year in the beginning when they made a couple of demo tapes. Then he disappeared. He was back in there for two years during the first record. Terry Butler was in a couple of years later on like the second or third record, I believe. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just don't get it. I know I talk about this all the time, but it bothers me. kind of dilutes, you know, the validity of metal, in my opinion. But that's just me. All right, we're going to keep the music going here. We'll talk to Cody in about a half hour or so. How about some classic Agent Steel? Actually, I don't think I've ever played anything off that last record that came out. Maybe we'll do that in a couple of weeks. But let it be done. The Day at Guyana. some classic old school Jaguar that comes off the single Axe Crazy I believe it was 1982 I believe they had one single the year before that with Backstreet Woman uh, right before that classic Power Games record came out in 1983 all of those singles and the album and everything after that for a couple years anyway featured Paul Merrill on vocals Uh, the band's last record was Metal X back in 2014 I believe it's been about 8 years since we've got a record from the band I don't see anything happening this year uh, you never know, but, you know, Gary's got a new singer in the band. I believe his name is Thomas or Tomas, something I don't recall. Uh, so maybe they're working on new material with him right now. And it's a pretty much whole new lineup outside of Nathan Cox on drums, who was with the band when they reformed in the 90s to 2009 and then and back again a year or two later. But it's basically just Gary on guitar, uh, Gary Peppin on guitar as the only original member of the group. So hopefully 2023 will get some brand new Jaguar. All right. How about we do a little icy steel ritual of the wizard? Maltese Falcon with Heavy and Loud. One of the first, well, one of the earlier demo tapes that I actually bought from a band that I saw in a magazine. I remember it was Jackhammer, Enforcer, Anger, and Maltese Falcon. I bought all four of those demos at one time. I had them mail-ordered. That's when it took about, you know, a month and a half to get a, <laughs> to get a package from overseas. You know, who knows what it cost back then. It was probably like $2, but today it would cost you about 20 But Great band. Loved them. Maltese Falcon. And right before that, we did... Led the Angel, We Came to Kill. I reached out to Kathy and Terry from that band over and over again for like years uh, when we had the old show on Block Talk Radio. I could never get any one of them to come on. Terry's too busy playing golf and going to, going to Mass every Sunday, so I couldn't get her on I'm going to try one more time. I would love to have one of the girls from that band on the show to talk to them. And right before that, Icy Steel, Ritual of the Wizard, a band out of uh, Italy where my ancestors come from, from Sardinia. Pretty good band. They haven't had anything new out in probably eight or nine years. They they were pretty productive during the 2000s, going up to about 2015 or 16. Then they kind of like, you know, faded off the map, but they are still together. All right. I just saw David Lee Roth released a new single. Didn't he retire? I mean, I'm not a big Van Halen fan or a David Lee Roth fan, so I don't really follow what's going on with those guys, but I could have sworn he said he was retiring, but he's releasing new music. I mean, is that the new trend now where people retire? And they still go out on tour, they still put out records, they still do shows. Doesn't retiring mean that you stop doing what you did for a living? I mean, I know I'm retiring in 113 days. I'm counting down. I don't plan on ever picking up a shovel or walking with a contractor or paying a bill ever again. So I just don't get it. But, you know, that's me. All right, let's do... Uh, you know what? We'll do one more set of music. Then we'll talk to Cody Souza from Hatred. Ronnie James Deere would have been 80 years old today. Unbelievable. I mean... If he was still alive, God forbid he didn't pass away, do you think he would still be performing at 80 years old? He was in good shape. His voice was holding up all those years ago. But would he still be out there doing it at 80? I don't know. I'd be curious to find out, right? But let's do one of my all-time favorite songs by him. We're going back to Rainbow Rising, Stargazer. Till today, this song still gives me goosebumps and the hair in my arms stand up when I hear it. Here you go.
4: What's run by the questions are your empty thoughts stored deep inside And you feel like thunder sends you on the loose As the time keeps going lives fly by fast well, then you feel you're growing tired You say no Look toward the sun, fight for survival.
3: beyond the threshold of pain the band just released a live record that they recorded about a year ago it's called Live Fire. It's out of Metalville Records right now. I'm gonna reach out to Ian see so if I can get him back on the show. Ian, I think it was the last live guest we had on before we ended the show two years ago on Block Talk Radio. I've had him on a couple of times, and I, and I love talking to Ian. Dan Dark is out of the band again. That was one of the things we spoke about two years ago. Dan was out of the band again for a short period of time, and back in before anything really happened, then they were out there playing live again. Now he's out again. This time he says it's for health reasons. I'm not too sure. I'm gonna reach out to him to get a, you know, find out what's going on. And I'll report back to you, but at this day, they were going to announce a new lease, a new lead singer, which they haven't yet. So there's a good chance that Dan could come back. This is like an on and off again thing all the time. But really, he is the voice of Torch, you know. So I don't know what they would sound like without him because he has a very distinctive sound, and I just love those guys. Right before that, White Line fight to survive. I love that first record, even though I honestly wasn't crazy back when it first came out, because I saw White Line multiple times, you know, before they had any records out, when they played at Lamore. they were like one of the house bands there. You know, anytime they played, the place was packed and sold out, you know, mostly because of Mike Tramp, the girls went crazy for him back in the day. Uh, but they were so intense live, they were so powerful, and when the record came out, it was very polished, very commercial sounding, they were going in a, in a different direction. You know, if you heard those songs live, and maybe one day I'll... I'll try to transfer some of the live cassettes I have that are still in good shape and play you like a back-to-back version of the two songs to show you what they sounded like. They were a much heavier, faster, and intense band live. You know, so I was a little disappointed when the record came out, but after I heard the stuff they put out after that, I became a real big fan of the first record uh, really quick after that. So uh, there you go. All right, let's get on to hatred song, and then we will talk to Cody right after that. So sit down, sit back. And I'll be back with you in about 20 minutes. How's it going? Good, Cardi. How are you today?
5: Good, man. I'm actually, uh, I was having a bug. My Skype kept crashing, but your call came through. I answered it. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Um, I was clearing some memory and running some stuff really quick. But uh, how are you doing, man?
3: Hi, I'm doing great. I'm even happy that, you know, you guys are going to be on the road this month. A new record came out. I mean, it feels like we're back in 2019
5: dude i hope so right let's uh, let's let's retry the last album all over again right um as it seems like you know we uh we had some momentum after that one but uh that certain little little bug that everyone caught kind of ruined that for us so um yeah ready to spit out another record pent up in the house um and freaking ready to hit the road and uh just want people to spread the word of the hatred man so
3: absolutely i mean the veil of shadows another solid record the second one that you're singing on take it over from your father a hard act to follow but man you've done it not only have you done it but you've established yourselves as you know the vocalist and i think the leader of that band
5: dude i really appreciate that man that was uh that was big shoes to fill the last time around right i remember telling myself shit are we really doing this you know and uh I, at the time, I was so proud of that vocal performance and that album in its own right. And, you know, that album's a banger, but I'm just that much more proud of this one. I really think I felt, um, you know, felt my more myself. Um, there's definitely a lot more energy. It feels a lot more natural. Um, you know, this record was uh, written in, you know, in vain of what we like to listen to. And I think, you know, if you've heard the whole thing, it really reflects that. So,
3: Absolutely. I mean, you know, what I, what I love about the band is that it has that old school vibe, yet it's You know, relevant. It's new. It's what's happening now. Also, it's a great combination of both, and it kind of appeals to a lot of you know a lot of fans, a lot of the big audience.
5: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, like it's a mixture of like we've been saying a lot of Gothenburg in there. There's you know melodic death metal. There's thrash metal, of course. There's some uh, you know deathcore at times. Little metalcore splashed in there, right? Um, And just something that we really just enjoy doing ourselves. Uh, You know, I pride myself in my tritone vocals. You know, all the vocals you hear on the album are mine, minus the very very few backup chance um but yeah with my highs my mids and my lows you know just just having a blast and just you know doing what we love so
3: you know like you were saying from days on the darkness came out and then the, the world went to shit and that album kind of got like like every band that put albums out around that time you know they weren't able to go out and tour they weren't able to support it you know everything kind of got forgotten about back then so do you feel like you're, you're really supporting two records right now especially on the live front
5: I think so too. I mean, it being our sophomoreic album with me. I mean, I know that we did two albums beforehand, and we still play those songs live, but with like a modern Cody twist, right? Um, we call it Legacy Hatred for a, for all puns intended there, <laughs> Mr. Zetro Legacy, right? But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it almost does feel like we're on, we're we're uh, we're playing for two albums on this tour. We're playing a lot of songs off both albums actually, um, even though it's right before the album comes out, kind of pushing it. But we're we'll going to be playing some material off The Veil of Shadows along with um from days into darkness along with the old uh, the older two albums too so um we're stoked for it and uh yeah like i said we, we were on the we were on the flyers and everything for european festivals when the time had come and that album had dropped and then after that you know we got moved to the wait list and it's like oh well, man i guess we gotta step up to the plate and swing again you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so uh hey just really want to show the world that we, we are a, a staple metal act and you know people are telling us that you know this is like melodic death thrash. It's hard to describe, it's kinda of new, so you know, we were we're stoked that we can unveil that and just hope everyone enjoys it, you know.
3: Absolutely. You no, know, it is true. It's very hard to create a new genre, it's very hard to create something new and different with forty million metal bands out there over the last forty or fifty years doing stuff, <laughs> but you did tap into something, you know, you like I said, I think it's a great mix of old and new and has, like, you know, a little bit of everything for everybody Then I think that's something different that other people aren't doing right now.
5: Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of the new wave, you know, thrashers that came up and stuff, and we love what they did, but, you know, just ultimately, you know, obsessively, because, I don't know, I listen to my own material, but I listen to it and actually enjoy it as I go through it, right? It's something that, you know, I'd throw the Black Dahlia murder on next, which is close to it, or I'd throw a kill switch on that would be kind of close to it, or whatever, right? one of the Gothenburg bands, In Flames. This album's very In Flames-esque at times, you know? So, um, But still, uh, you hear my brother Tom Hunting in the back the whole time, Thrash beating it up, you know? So he's throwing some blasts and stuff in there, and now... Uh he's uh he's definitely stepped his game up for this album too he's been working with alex bent of trivium doing lessons of ex right um our original drummer we love alex and so proud of what he does but uh yeah he's you know got a few tricks from him and uh just keep evolving the craft and keep moving forward
3: excellent you know i mean like what do you i mean what do you think is the biggest challenge today for any young band starting out and getting going Of course, you got the name recognition because of your dad and everything, but that doesn't carry the band forever. That just gives it a little attention. You have to make this happen on your own. And what are the challenges for any band today, you know, trying to succeed and make it in this business?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's really rising above the mucky-muck. And like you said, like, Pops is, you know, and Pops being part of the band and Pops being who he is definitely sheds a few eyeballs our way. But nothing has been handed, man. We are still looking to solidify agents in Europe and America. You know what I mean? We are still working up the ladder as any organic band would. And, you know, I think a lot of the the problems lately, you know, that I've seen throughout the scene and hatred be going 12 years now would be uh, – just longevity, man. you got to stick with it. You know, one-year Tiaga who actually did our record, you know, does Testament, does, you know, the, the Bigs, Machine Head. He's like, man, it's just longevity. you got to wait for the old guys to put it down and just be ready and keep doing your thing and step up to the next. Um, I also think, you know, in this day and age, which we're pretty good at, it is, uh, but a lot of bands uh, are, 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 you know, the suffer, I think, is content 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 it sucks that if you want to get noticed you know organically online without touring and losing a bunch of money until it is an established act to go out on the road on um the internet is a very very powerful thing but those don't use it very correctly you do use it correctly sorry i can't even talk should we talk about <laughs> how people can uh run their bands right but no it's just recording what you do con- creating constant content and being in your fans and catering to what they like to see what they you know creating something new or running through it you know and and that's the difficult part lately it isn't just getting your band together and going up and playing the bar on saturday and 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 growing i mean you can definitely do that but the digital growth will help exponentially that much more right
3: yeah i mean you know when you when you said 12 years i can't believe it's that long already I mean, I've had your father on my show dozens of times over the last 15 years. And, yeah. my, and he sent me this demo when it first came out. I was like, wow. And like, now you're yeah. saying 12 years. I'm like, holy crap. I can't believe it's that long already. You're really yeah. not a new band anymore. You're not a, you know, mm. y- no. you're established. Yeah. But like you said, with social media 12 years ago, I mean, we had Facebook. We had Twitter. We had all these things. They weren't maybe as MySpace prolific. is still relevant, MySpace, think, that's right, right yeah. <laughs> and, and they weren't as big as they were now for bands to promote themselves. It was more for friends connecting and stuff like that. I mean, is social media really the only outlet today for bands outside of going out and playing live because nobody's putting flyers up on telephone poles anymore?
5: You know, I see Mordred, you know, they got a lot more active and they've been uh, flyering the Bay Area and I love their, you know, them getting after it. Not many people do that, so they're bringing a lesson back from the 80s, which is awesome to see. But really, it's sadly, I mean, that's kind of where it's at lately, right? Get get viral doing something or stay consistent and grow a fan base, you know? Like I tell people when, when Pops or whatever, even the solo guitar guy that just plays uh, plays covers at the bar for tips on Fridays, right? You can do that every day of the week if you create a Twitch channel, right? You can go up there and digitally have an audience of the world instead of 12 dudes at a bar. Um, And, 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 and you tell me how fast your, your brand will grow exponentially, right? You know what I mean? So... Uh, it, like i said it's almost a necessary evil um you know, but it just embrace the times and roll with it it 's not going to go anywhere, you know what I mean so
3: no that's true but is it still more important to get people in the seats in the theaters when you're out there playing? Is that priority number one?
5: I mean, definitely, we want to, the live show is is what we do this for, right? Obviously, the record and the live show, you know, both sides of the coin. Um, we, you know, we, we pride ourselves in hatred that we have scrims, we have backdrops, you know, on this tour we're going to bring in out. Uh, we have our own lighting rig that's floor mounted, right? So even though we're not in big theaters where you can hang things, we still have a light guy on the side of the stage. We still try to put on a show, right? Also, bands, you know, you see they go up there and um, just kind of do their thing and get off stage. I mean, if you're going to talk more about the live aspect side, you know i think newer bands be sure you guys put on a show right you know uh, the music is one thing but entertaining is another right so uh, other things newer bands can work on that you know i'm still learning every single day you know what i mean i'm getting better and better watching pops monkey see monkey do you know watching rob flynn watching chuck billy you know so um but you know to name a few.
3: Did you have any choice in life but being in a metal band or being in a metal, a metal band? Oh, fuck,
5: right? <laughs> well, that's that's what I was destined to, and it kind of, like, all folds with a, with a, a hatred revamp, man. Like, I think that one thing we had as musicians was I'd seen my dad's trials and tribulations as far as, um, as getting kicked out of his band twice, you know, that he was in, or and starting new bands and having to go work for the union and everything. And I think one blessing I had was not necessarily my father was a rich man or the most famous, but to learn, you know, his mistakes. And and what he taught me moving forward. Right. So it was good that I wish hatred could be as dedicated as we are now after our kind of little rebrand as we did right out the gate. But it allowed me to buy a home, get married, uh, marry someone that understands what me and my father and my brother, what we want to do for a living. Right. And uh, a lot of those things can come to bite musicians later on in the ass. Right. They have no retirement established. They have no housing set up. Right. I own a house. I have a retirement. You know, I own my car. uh, I've set my bills up pretty low to where now I have a job that allows me to tour I actually stepped down from my career and we're pursuing hatred full time so um, you know it, there was it was always destined for me to do this but I, I took the long route because uh, ultimately you know there, there's fail safes and I, I won't ruin my life trying to do this if it does not take off you know what I mean
3: sure I mean you know when you go back to the 70s and 80s when you know record companies were king and you know bands got signed the million dollar contracts put out records you know you kind of throw your stuff to a van and you lived out of it you weren't worried about working having a job you had to go all in that was the only way to do it but over the last 30 years a lot has changed in the music business and not it's not what it was 30 years ago so you kind of have to play both ends of the field but like i said is it is it difficult i mean you just started doing it now where you say i'm comfortable with what i have going on and i can dedicate more time to the band but a lot of people can't do that
5: yeah it, it is difficult man you know it was to the point where um not to flash numbers, I was, you know, I was a general foreman in air conditioning for the union, and uh, I, I had to put that down. And it was over $150,000 a year, right, to go work at my uncle's lumber mill um, as the head maintenance tech. Right now, I'm no longer doing fan blades, but saw blades. It uh, doesn't appear in pain nearly as much, but it allows me to tour, allows me to pursue my dream, right, you know, and to even get a spot like that and to tell my wife, like, hey, babe, I'm going to put down my career to go to this really unorthodox thing called metal music that, like, there really is no way to ensure yourself that you're going to do it. I might do it, I might fail, but... Uh, here, i got to give it a shot or I'm going to go crazy knowing I never tried to follow my father's footsteps, you know. And, you know, for someone to look back at you and say they fully support you for that is just is just the world, you know. Growing in this scene and hearing how difficult it is on families, how difficult it was on my mother, my brother, and myself, you know. Um, you know, it's, oh, it can only set me up for success, but to get to that point like i said was you know 12 14 years of working in the union buying a house you know getting that established building relationships um which i think all has come full circle learning how to run a business now i run hatred right you know i think uh everything has happened for a reason and you know here we are so but uh you know uh, the long game is good but longevity the first thing you asked me right what is what, what would you do longevity stick with it but Make sure you're setting yourself up for success. Don't hang yourself, you know.
3: Yeah, that's, I mean, being that you come from a musical family, I feel like it's been in the music business. I mean, what do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned from watching your father, you know, being in this business, whether it was good or bad?
5: Oh man, uh most important lesson I've learned: don't believe it until the wheels are rolling. <laughs> I've been told <laughs> so many, so many tours that we're gonna—Hatred's gonna be on, Exodus is gonna be on, right? Just rumblings from under the scenes, and that never ever end up happening, right? Um, and, it, you know, it's it's part of the business. Everyone's got to make money and all this and all that. Um, I don't know. Just stick with it. Be humble. Um, you know, practice, practice, practice. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, t- it takes time. Be patient, right? Um, don't go at it as hard as you can for seven months and then give up, right? That's not good. Uh, don't only be posting and trying to be a band when you're on tour when you're playing shows. That's also hard, right? And say algorithms allow that, right? You got to continuously do over and, and uh, it's all, it's all over. So, I mean, countless lessons, Mike. Countless lessons, Mike. Uh, it's all. But everyone has their own road and tribulation. I'm not there yet. You know, we want to be one of those logos up at the top. Um, you know, inspiring others and and you know being a staple piece of what we love to hear, man. So.
3: You know, any musician puts their heart and soul to everything that they do, and you can hear it in all your music. I mean, you have to have a really thick skin in this business because you know there're going to be people that don't like what you're doing. And there's a you know there's a kind way of saying it. Well, hatred's not my cup of tea, but you know they're doing what they do. Then there's people that are just vicious for the sake of being vicious. I mean, is it hard to overlook some of that stuff?
5: Dude, you know what? I'm going to say if 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 growing up as a musician's son had two two uh, two bonuses, that would be one of them, too, is I always watched my dad go to Blabbermouth and we'd find the haters together and we'd laugh at him. So, like, we almost, like, I don't know, you can't take the good if you can't take the bad. So either don't look online if you can't take the criticism or, like, ah, he's calling me a fat ass and I have no talent and I'm just <laughs> my dad's son. Ah, what a fucking troll, right? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, people... People are, you know, um, people are cowards. They're going to hide behind that keyboard or whatnot, right? Or or, or they're going to be like the Europeans, brutally honest. They're just going to tell you how they feel, and it's like it is what it is, right? You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and you have to understand that. So I think just watching uh, the hate from Blabbermouth over the years to my pops, <laughs> either good or bad, has definitely made me callous, too, when I see get them hate mail here or there. But... You know, this new generation we're kind of going in, it seems
3: like a lot of that is going away, wouldn't you say? I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm glad for that. I mean, everybody has an opinion, and you have the right to say it, but there is a there is a way of saying it. You know, you don't have to be vicious. Like I said, the Europeans come right out and tell you. They don't hide around. They don't beat around the bush. They don't type. It. They just tell you. Where well, we yeah. hide behind things. I think that's cowardly. You know, if you don't like the band, I'm not saying you guys direct them. Just say it. I don't, I don't no, mind. It's not, totally. it's not for me. You know, yeah,
5: they're... like, those guys rock, but I just don't get it personally, right? There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. Hey, it doesn't tickle my fancy. Let me give it a few more tries, right? But, like, yeah, to me, like, oh, they fucking suck, and, you know, this and all that. And it's like, dude, there's there's no need for any of that because every band is good to somebody. It's, it's you know, love is in the eye of the beholder, right? Same it goes with music, so, um, you know, to each their own
3: you know the first time you get up on stage and you play live in the band i mean what is your reaction after the first song do you get on the stage and are they gonna like us are we gonna are we gonna win them over then you hear that reaction from the crowd when you're done playing that first oh, song oh yeah does that just turn things around no matter what mood you win before you got on stage yeah
5: it, it feeds it well right but like one thing like i was saying earlier with performing you just got to go up there and do you man if there's five people if there's 25 people if there's 25,000 right just go up there and do you don't let there be a difference right and especially those nights where there is less people it's like I don't know, it's like a, a practice right at that point but um, yeah when they do obviously reception is good when you see big mosh pits and stuff I mean it brings it that much more to life right um but, you know, always going up there and just, just fulfilling your act and, you know, g- uh, performing the music you love is
3: important, too. Sure. I mean, you know, I'm in New York you're in California. We were two places that were, like, locked down under draconian measures for the last two I years. I know, right? I mean, how, how's the club scene? How, how has it survived that where you guys are? I mean, is it still vibrant? Or are places still open like they used to be? right well
5: as you alluded to earlier how hard it is to be a musician nowadays let alone a california or new york musician how expensive freaking rent is right on top of that but um yeah a lot of venues closed i'd say two-thirds of venues closed here in the bay area um some survived and stuck through and uh, a few new ones arose right you know within uh within rubble you know there's construction so um a few got revamped so it's existent you know we're lucky that the California uh, Bay Area has a music scene. You know what I mean? Uh, We're lucky that pretty much every Friday or Saturday night I can go to a local show if I wanted to at one of uh, the venues within 50 miles in either direction. You know what I mean? So um you know we're blessed for that but yeah definitely did take a hit for sure you know and a lot of bands took hits too there's still many professional bands not even mention our local scene that i haven't heard a peep from you know
3: yeah it's been really tough i think this was probably the most devastating industry in my opinion you know from the clubs to the bands anything in the music it was just they forgot all about it. like they didn't matter and that that killed me you know because music is life to me it's, it's everything i mean it can affect you in a million different ways
5: yeah, yeah. I really wish our government would do something like the Europeans where they help in keeping the art alive and you know, putting on festivals and you know, making it a more uh, more known thing. But until then, I guess we have Europe to live vicariously through, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, like
3: we mentioned, you know, earlier, good news is you're hitting the road, I think, right, right after the 4th of July, you're going out with Ex Mortis?
5: Yeah, Ex Mortis and Silver Talon. We're stoked. It'll be a full left, uh, left U.S. because not really a West Coast. We're going in the middle and cutting over. So 14-day run uh all major cities on the left side of the u.s pretty much and uh it's gonna be it's it's gonna be awesome man there's so many fans for so long i've been saying come here come there come here you know and we're gonna meet all those friends that we never got to meet um like i said i hope that we can make some friends along the way as far as the business goes and uh be a more staple touring piece we want to show the world that we get it we're gonna be bringing like i said a light show it's gonna be fun man so
3: I know I'm a little too far away from the closest show, but I'm hoping that things are picking up again. And here in New York, we've got a lot of great clubs that have reopened and a new ones starting to open. Hopefully be able to get this show over here to this side. It would be great to see you guys live
5: definitely in some talks with some people doing that east coaster like i said it's gonna be a lot easier when i can get an agent to help me out with those kind of things right so um there has been some few talks i will definitely be in contact with you if i get up in the area my friend
3: that so. sounds great hey cody i'm not gonna keep you man i know you got a whole bunch of these things to do today but the veil of shadow i think it's your best record to date and that's saying a lot because and how great the other three were just keep it going man don't give up and keep putting on new music
5: Mike, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for giving us a platform and a voice to get our art and our craft out there and um, help keep this thing we love alive, man. So
3: You got it, buddy. You take care, Cardi. Have a great night. I appreciate you, buddy. Take Have care, my friend. Later. You too. Bye-bye. Worst enemy that features Cody's dad, Steve Zusa on vocals. You know you've been doing things a long time when you've started interview the kids of guests on your show and they've got their own bands for a very long time. Really nice guy, Cody. I wish the best for that band. Hey, next week we have who do we have next week? Peter Anderson from Alien Force is gonna be on next week, so don't forget to tune in next Sunday night at six PM EST. And then we are going to wrap up the month with Emerald as our last guest. And we're not going to be on the air the last Sunday of the month, the 31st. I am away on vacation that week. So we're getting all the metal we can right now. You know, I have to complain about something because that's pretty much all I do <laughs> on this show. Last week, they had an article about Vince Neal reading from a teleprompter during the show. So when he gets all the lyrics wrong, everybody complains that, you know, he can't remember the lyrics to the songs. When he uses the teleprompter, I guess he's getting them right because I really haven't seen a lot of footage from you know the latest Martin Crew tour on the road. I saw like a few video clips of all the songs that he knows the words for, but I don't know like how he's doing with the rest of the shows. But you know, Rob Halford uses the teleprompter, Ozzy uses the teleprompter. I have yeah, quite a few other metal people doing. Again, off the metal, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen uses one. Miley Cyrus, I get her using it. She doesn't write any music of her own, so she probably can't remember the lyrics. But these other people are in bands where they're supposed to be writing the songs themselves. Now, Bruce Dickinson went on a rant about a year ago about Rob Halford not remembering the words to breaking the law. You know, how do you forget the words to that in other songs? And Ozzy's just out of it. He has been for years. So, you know, I, I kind of see that. But, like, you know, I don't get using the teleprompter either. When I go to see a band play a show live, I want to see the band in the moment perform, not having to concentrate on looking at the lyrics of a song that they wrote. Now, you know, listen, I mean, Judas Priest has been playing the same 10 to 12 songs in the set for the last 30 or 40 years. Every now and then they're throwing one extra song. You know, you should be able to remember the words to that one song when you're practicing, you know what I mean? The same thing with Ozzy. I mean, if you can't remember the words to fucking Iron Man, there's a problem. I mean, maybe you shouldn't be doing this anymore. The same thing with Vince Neil. He's been performing these songs for 30 years. You should know the words to the songs you wrote the lyrics for. You've been playing the same 10 to 12 hits over and over again. Listen, if I was an appliance repairman, and I was doing my job for 30 years, and you hired me to come fix your refrigerator, and I walked into the house, and had to take out the owner's manual to read on how to repair your refrigerator, I know I wouldn't feel too confident about you being there happy about that. It's the same with a band on stage performing live. Lee Schneider says, you know, I don't know what the big deal is, but, you know, I also didn't do a lot of drugs or drink back in the day, so I can remember the words to my songs, so it was a half-digging away, you know, and I get what he's saying, but you should know the lyrics to your songs. A lot of bands and a lot of other rock stars and a lot of the musicians are actually coming out defending him because they're probably doing the same thing or think it's acceptable to do that. And your whole job as a band is to write music and play the songs live. That's your job. That's what you get paid a lot of freaking money to do. You should remember the lyrics to Red Hot. It's basically Red Hot over and over again for three minutes. How do you forget the fucking lyrics to your songs? I don't get it. And it bothers me that bands have to... If you can't perform on stage and do your job, you just don't do it no more. Just stop doing it. I'm not going to go on and on about this. That's just. I think it's ridiculous that you have to use a teleprompter. To remember the worst of your songs. That's just how I feel. I know people feel differently. Maybe it goes back to my earlier rant about you know all these like you know makeshift bands that are coming out based on a band they were in for a short period of time, and they want to go out there. You have these young people that never saw Motley Crue in the heyday. Maybe they became fans of Motley Crue after the movie on Netflix, so they never saw them during those five or six years that they were retired. So, it's a big deal for them to go see them live. But you're not getting the real Motley Crue when you see them performing like that. You're not getting the real Poison. You're not getting the real bands. You're getting these makeshift, do good bands that have one member, no members, uh, different members that weren't a part of any of the lineups that were famous. It's just ridiculous. This makes metal a joke to me, and that's what kills me. And I hate it because of that reason. All right, enough about that. Let's get back to the music. Let's do some Hades, Widow's Might. <laughs> Right, a little set of Jersey metal there, we kind of sandwiched in another band with some Alan Tecchio. we kicked things off with Haiti, Widow's Might, Attacker, Gallows Hill, and Silent Assassin, the outside, that's Michael Ponsman, Mike is one of the nicest guys in the world, I love interviewing him when he's on the show, hopefully we'll get another Silent Assassin record soon. He's been out with Symphony X this year. It's good to see him back out on the road. Actually, he's with Ross the Boss playing right now. He's also <laughs> Mike is in every band you can imagine. There's not a band that Mike is not a part of, you know? Yeah, Symphony X out on the road. He's out with Ross the Boss. He's a very busy guy, but you have to be today in this business, you know? All right, we're going to do one more set of music, and then we're going to wrap it up here tonight. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday night with our guest Peter Anderson from Alien Force. I'm looking forward to talking to Peter next week. Then we're going to wrap up the month with Dave Enos from Emerald. The record or their old tapes were just re-released on a, on a label, so we'll talk to him all about that and everything else going on with the band these days. All right, let me see. What can we do next? How about, you know... Somebody posted on Facebook there that nobody's really, nobody was really into Hellhammer until after they got into Celtic Frost. It was Celtic Frost that led them to Hellhammer. And I don't know who posted. Maybe it was somebody who wasn't born in the 80s or the 70s and grew up in the 80s as a teenager, but I know I was into Hellhammer long before they became Celtic Frost. I mean, I had traded for their demo tapes when they were out, and then when Apocalyptic Rates came out, I was the first one in my record store to go and buy that album. And, you know, they broke up a short time later and turned into Celtic Frost. So, whoever said that, I don't remember who it was. I saw it on a Facebook post. That's not true. There were a lot of us that were born in the 60s or were teenagers in the 80s that were definitely in the Hellhammer long before they became Celtic Frost. So, how about we do a little Hellhammer and we'll keep this a real hard and heavy set? <laughs> Alright, have mercy with Death Watch. I want to thank my guest, Cody Souza from HF, for being on tonight's show. I will see you guys next week. We're gonna wrap things up for tonight. It was my granddaughter's third birthday the other day, and every day is a rock and roll party in the streets with her. Here you go, Axe. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday.
2: This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. <sighs> coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride. This is your summer. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com coke to save up to $20 off passes, plus daily tickets
5: starting at $44.99.